at the core of this podcast on the faith side is creating space for God. That's what I think is most important for our listeners. Sounds to like Thrifty with. was trying to help you out with thrifty that. Would, thrifty stand in cre- corner yeah, thrifty said, yeah, just go minutes. stand over there. Go yeah. stand over there. Just go to stand God. over there. He didn't, even, he, didn't, he didn't even indicate. He didn't even point anywhere. He just go, go stand back there somewhere. Yeah, stand where? See, there's nothing marked, nothing located. No, you know, you when you there hear that, one of those like acrylic boxes yeah, where right. the smokers used to go. Right. When you hear that, you expect to see some kind of sign. Dissatisfied it, thrifty yeah. customers right here. Welcome to the Faith, Finances, and F-Bombs podcast. Manage your money, find your soul, and cover your ears. On my way to the studio, just not that long ago, I heard a weather update that was obviously recorded in the morning that plays on a radio station all day long. Broadcaster came on with the forecast for the day and said, typical July day, our high is going to be in the upper 80s. And I thought, not possible. And I looked at the thermostat in my vehicle. It said 97. Yeah, you were on concrete. True. Your car had been sitting on concrete for hours. Well, true. It, it but, did get to like 88 or 89, but yeah. the heat index. And for you listeners that live in a state where there's no humidity, you can't know what we're talking about till you've lived it. For my sister-in-law, who lives at Moon Bay, she was just visiting her mother-in-law in Berlin, New Mexico, and she sent us a little snippet screenshot of their forecast and it was 102 102 <laughs> and i thought yeah welcome to my world i live it every year it's this way but Berlin has some elevation so there isn't the humidity that's associated with living. right by the way i just saw something on a google feed last week columbia missouri was rated as the fifth highest humidity level in the united states fifth Highest with an average humidity rate of 84%. Well, we'd like to be in the top 10 any way we can. We made it there. We made it in the top five. It's a whole different ball game when you're at 5,000 feet elevation and it's 100 degrees versus being at our elevation and having it be 90. Right. I was playing golf Friday and Saturday and the temperature was only like 92 or 94 or whatever it was when I was out there. But the heat index was 109. I will be much cooler next week because I will be in... Alaska. Yeah. So looking forward to that trip. Have you looked at the extended forecast? I have not. I think Kelly has. And talking about packing and things to pack. And Kelly is mentioning like winter coats. I thought I lost hearing for a minute or two because I just, I I, I repeated it. Inquired winter coats, you know, and she said winter coat. And so then I thought, okay, I've heard it correctly. And and then I felt very, I felt, I'm sure I was a bit condescending. I'm like winter coats. (laughs) But winter coat for you is a sweatshirt. Well, that's beside the point. You know, she mentions layers to me and she says, you want to take your winter coat? She mentioned gloves. I'm thinking gloves. Really? Well, make uh, so, sure you so wear that, sweats so with that, pockets. So that is. That's how I can answer your question. Did I look at the extended forecast? I did not look at the extended forecast, but I know I might need gloves, a winter coat, yeah. obviously a parka, <laughs> and at the same time, a bathing suit. So. Got to have it all. It's the first cruise I've ever taken. How many days? I forgot. It's a seven day cruise. Seven days. We'll be gone uh, 10 days. We're, we're going to Seattle for a couple days before. I need a winter coat in Seattle. Well, I don't know about that. It seems to be pretty warm. Uh, you probably, uh, did you watch the all-star game? It was in Seattle. I did not. I, yeah. I do not watch. Home run derby. No, you don't, you don't take part in that. No, You're, you don't, you I don't abstain. believe in that. No, don't, it's don't not, have any enthusiasm real. for that. It's, it's fake. It's all a it's, show. It's virtual. It's nothing. When Nick, Nick Castellanos gets put in center field late in the game, it's a show. It's, He's not even really an outfield. Right. You're not going to put him in center field. It's hard enough watching him play right field. Well, we're going to go see the Mariners this week. 
will be in Seattle. Oh, cool. We're going to see the Mariners and Twins. What is the cuisine at Safeco Field that they are known for? Micah looked into this. As a good sports fan would. Yes. They're number one. He sent uh, number one Seattle Mariners T-Mobile Park. Best item. Almost everything. What can possibly be said about the food available at T-Mobile Park that hasn't already been said? So it's somewhere in there that they say to you as the person coming to visit, you cannot come to this ballpark without trying. And this is what Micah said as he sent this article. He said, if the baseball isn't entertaining, at the very least, we will enjoy what is regarded by most as the best cuisine in the MLB. All right. Well, we'll talk about that on a future podcast. Yes, you guys try. Yes, I wonder if I wonder if maybe just for the listeners' interest, I should try many different things because that that may make or break my decision to go there someday. I'm going to circle back to what I mentioned on a recent podcast and talk about how I feel it's important for us to always keep in mind how we need to create space for God and invite listeners to do that, so that in creating space for God, they can seek God and create that space in their life, heart, and mind that allows them to keep seeking God. So I just want to say, because we've talked about so many different things, and I think on a recent episode, I talked about how do you cultivate intimacy with God, but I just want to point out, and I don't know that we've talked a lot about this, but there are two avenues in which something like this can happen. So as a spiritual director, someone can come and and say, I just want some guidance. I want some direction in my spiritual life, and it can just be easy conversation. I listen and just kind of help identify where God is alongside them and where God is part of that journey. Another possibility is sometimes some people come and approach and say, I really want to connect with my soul. I want to deepen my relationship and my intimacy with God. And so in that approach, we would look at desire. A few things about desire I want to say that would be relative to our conversations and to think about is that God put desire within the heart of every person to count on us, to draw us to God. In our brokenness, desire presents a challenge. There is that challenge of trying to get in touch with our desire. That brokenness kind of distorts desire, kind of shifts our desire. So we still have that desire, but our desire is no longer looking at him. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. He put in that so that we would draw near to him. So that desire is always there. Because he put that desire within us, our desire is shaped by all of our developmental experiences, but it never leaves us alone. And uh, in every single way, every aspect of our life, we are in touch with that desire, even though we may not be embracing it, even though we may not be aware of it. And so we all want to be seen. We want to be comforted. We want to feel safe. And we mimic people sometimes that we admire. We like to have things, our material possessions, other things that we can feel, see. All of these things are connected to desire. When I say it never leaves us, it's part of us through that entire life. But what happens is we end up mischanneling that desire. We mischannel our desires. And it's with that idea in mind that I could say that all sin is misdirected desire. As we've talked about shame and where people may feel that they've been raised in a shame experience or when they're made aware of their sin, they come full face with it. Shame is a part of that. Well, shame is so strong and it's such, it's shame is something that we have to fight so hard. I'm taking this from Kurt Thompson, the psychologist who says shame takes advantage of our desire. It infects, it infects us to the point where it begins to disintegrate. And in that distortion of it, as we're disintegrating, that that's where we begin to have these, these tendencies to hoard or to clutch or to cling. When they're properly channeled, when we're in a healthy space, you know, we desire something about God. God responds to that. We have that. Sometimes 
people will say, I'm just clinging on to God for all I'm worth. That's desire in a healthy spot. Desire that's distorted that shame may cling on to would be where we hoard and channel other things. This relationship isn't satisfying for me. Can't get enough possessions. The focus really isn't can't get enough possessions. It's like, these aren't satisfying to me, so I need more. So I just want to say that this is very consistent with who God and the person of Jesus is, was, and always will be throughout scripture. And we might take some time to look at this in future episodes. There are places where Jesus asks when he's confronted with people, what is it that you want me to do for you? It has to do with desire. Our misdirected desire, when we take that desire and allow God to deal with our desire and turn our desire to him, we work together with God to redeem what has been distorted to create beauty and goodness. Because of the brokenness in the world, everything about God is to redeem and create beauty and goodness. Sometimes we truncate our own desire because when I ask the question, if I were to say, Kevin, what is it that you desire? Can you name your desire and what you would desire for God to do? A natural response for many people would be to say, I don't really know if I want to name that because we worry about getting it wrong. I think what I hear you saying is, you ask me that question, I name X. Part of me is going to be worried about, well, I should have said Y. Exactly. Okay. And then there's also a tendency to hesitate and to resist and maybe even deny and say, I don't want to name my desire because I don't know what my desire is. There's nothing wrong with not knowing. That's the point of the question. Say, what is it that you truly desire? We, we don't know. We worry that we've got the wrong one. We worry that maybe it was really something else. Then we get, we get caught up in thinking, well, what if that's not what God's desire is for right. me? What if my desire doesn't match what God wanted my desire to be or what God wants for me? And I don't want to really get into that. And so everything gets truncated because we're cutting it short. And then just the shame collects onto that. Other things can cling onto that and it, everything gets misdirected. Our ultimate desire is to be for God. That's why it was created for us. But sometimes in all of that hoarding and that clinging and everything that we do, we get carried away with it and kind of devour for that. So uh, that would be my question. That would be my question for the listener, my question for you, my question for me. Let's think about if you want to create space for God, it would be to think about your desire. What is it that you want God to do for you? What is it that you desire in your heart of hearts in terms of a whole life, a spiritual life, a life that's redeeming those things that have not worked out so well for you? Talk about finances? Yeah, this will be quick. Okay. Nothing happening, really. Markets keeps going up. Everyone keeps going, oh, it's good. Get ready for a pullback. Data looks good. Inflation's down. PPI. Producer price index is down. Things look good. China's GDP was not concerning. There we go. Just wow. Keep doing what you're doing, people. I'm not sure that's an update. Uh, no, it's really just more of the same. As of Friday's close, July 14th, more than halfway through the year, the S&P is now up 18% year-to-date. NASDAQ's up like 36. Even the Dow Jones is starting to pull up a little bit, but it's crazy. So now yeah, it's just a waiting just, game on what's yeah. the Fed going to do. Um, a correction would not have to be harsh. No, or long. There's nothing that would, that, there's nothing that would necessitate it being harsh or long. Mm-hmm. So it's just, um, and, and, and in all honesty, there's nothing that really necessitates it being a correction. However, that's just the trend of how yeah. things go. This is a truism. I don't think we've said this on air. It's going to seem silly once I say it out loud. But one thing that's true about the markets is a bear market always follows a bull market. Exactly. Starting in the fourth quarter, we'll get guidance on 
Social Security increases for 2024. There's already some speculation that the increase will be about 3%. They're basing yeah. that on GDP, or not GDP, inflation. Uh, we'll get updates on contribution limits for company plans mm-hmm. and for individual retirement accounts. So we'll get all that stuff probably yeah. in the fourth quarter. But right now, we're just sitting here going, wow. All right. You have any thoughts or anything you'd like to share about your feelings of national debt and where we're at? I do not. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I mean, it's a very complex question. I did see an article sometime in the last 12 months where a gentleman was discussing the deficit and the debt and whether or not it was doomsday. And his point was, I thought, very mathematical and that as a certain percentage of GDP, it's really not a problem. But when you start hearing about trillions of dollars, yeah. our minds go, that's inconceivable. It is. It is inconceivable. But we also have a gigantic economy. The state of California's economy is larger than all but three other countries. The state of California? Their economy is larger. The fourth largest economy, if it was by nation. The state of California. Just the state. Fourth largest in the world. The world? You have got to be kidding me. I could be wrong on that. We might look that up and take that out if I'm wrong. But that's just... The scale yeah. which we're talking about the U.S. economy, when one right. state is larger than so many different countries. So when we start yeah. talking about the national debt and the deficit, we kind of have to keep that in mind that as a percent of GDP, it isn't problematic. Even though when we hear however many trillions of dollars it is, we start freaking out and going, that can't happen, right? Because right? we apply that to our own personal yeah. budgets. and like, You can't do that. Exactly. What the federal government does, and they continue to do it, and those that have access to knowledge of those things don't seem to be concerned about it. Keeping in that same mindset, thinking of our own budgets and how we handle our own financial matters, if we're actually owing that, we are going to be owned. Absolutely. By China or yeah. someone, you know. China, Japan, I mean, pick one. And that's always the concern. It's yeah, like, that's, that's well, who, been a concern. Who really owns this? Right. Is it us or is it China? Right. Listener, we've uh, done trivia for how many episodes do you think we've done this? I have not. Half a dozen, maybe? I want to say that. This was one of three segments that I said would just be temporary. We'd do it for a while and then eliminate it. I think the other two segments disappeared (laughs) somehow. I I remember one of them was reading listener comments. Yes, that was one of them. What was the third one? Well, the listener comments disappeared because we haven't received any more. We've read every listener comment that we have received. So technically, that did not disappear. The other one was a random fact of the episode. Random fact. Got it. I was thinking that maybe perhaps as interesting as our trivia time has been, it is probably time for it to be phased out. But I got to thinking about it. I'm like, it's really not fair because Kevin never got to ask any questions. Listener, what I have in front of me are three card sets, three different categories of trivia, iconic women trivia, American sports trivia, and black history trivia. What I am proposing for a turnabout in our trivia portion of the episode before we phase this out is we make this a one-sided trivia. You ask the questions, I answer, and we'll see how well I do. You can pick one from each box. You don't have to go with one box. All right, so you ready? Yeah. You want to? I'm going to tell you what the box I drew out of. Okay. And I'll read you the question. Okay. So this is Black History Trivia. Okay. Question number one. A house party in what borough of New York City is considered the birthplace of hip hop? A, Queens. 
B, the Bronx, C, Brooklyn, D, Staten Island. The first question out of the gate proves to be more challenging than any other trivia we've done. Man, it's a, it's a toss-up for me between Queens and Brooklyn. And I'm going to choose Queens. The Bronx. The Bronx. Very interesting. Yes. Let's move on to iconic women trivia. Who founded a nursing school at St. Thomas Hospital in London in 1860? A, Clara Barton. B, Florence Nightingale. C, Mary S-E-A-C-O-L-E. Or D, Mary Breckenridge. Clara Barton. It would be Florence Nightingale. You know, on the last episode, you <laughs> told me to always go with my instinct. Yeah. When okay. I answered a question. <laughs> now I'm giving you the, I'm giving something. And I should have gone with my, my, with my instinct. All right. Now the box is American sports trivia. Okay. So we're all pulling for you here, Harley. Which president was the first to be inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame, selected or popularizing the sport in the United States? A, Dwight D. Eisenhower. B, Richard Nixon. C, Abraham Lincoln. Or D, Jimmy Carter. I automatically eliminated Lincoln. Yeah, good call. I'm going to eliminate Nixon. Okay, now you got a 50-50 chance. Between Eisenhower and Carter. Carter. I'm going to go with Eisenhower. Ding, 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 ding. We got a winner. All right. One for three. Let's go back to that same box while we're on a roll. Okay. Mike Tyson was the final opponent in which classic video game for the original Nintendo? Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. I, having never played Nintendo, would have had no chance on this. That was an outstanding game, by the way. I'm guessing. For Nintendo at the time. All right, we're sticking out. with the same box. All right. I'll, I may stay here until two, you two for Two for, yeah, two for four. four. Slugger, and that has three R's on the end, is the mascot for which MLB team? Kansas City Royals. Ding, 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 ding. People, did you notice he hasn't even needed any answers on these two? On those two. All right, sticking with sports. As of 2020, baseball player Ricky Henderson holds the record for most career what? Stolen bases. Okay, these are too damn easy. (laughs) But we're going to stay here. It's just the luck of the draw. Just the luck of the draw. Teams race from Anchorage to what other city during the yearly Iditarod dog sledding race? Do you know this one or do I need I do, some? I do not know. A, Juno. B, Ottawa. A, I could say, you know this. <laughs> C, Nome. And D, Kodiak. Ottawa. It is My first instinct was Juno. Nome. Yeah. Sorry. Nome. Now we got to go back to the other box. You missed one. Black history. Which amendment passed on January 31st? 1865, abolished slavery. 18th, 19th, 13th, 15th. What I'm thinking about is how humiliating this will be if I get this wrong. Oh, you're killing me. 18th, 19th, 13th, and And 15th. And 15th. 13th? Yes. We have credibility with the listeners now. We're We're not just some yahoos on a microphone. All right. Well, I think they might argue that. Switching back to iconic women trivia, Madam C.J. Walker 
is recorded as the first self-made millionaire in America through developing and selling what products? A. Cosmetics and hair care products for black women. B. Dairy milk. C. Typewriters. And D. Pickled vegetables. A. It is A. Well done. All right, we're sticking with women trivia. We've got Maria Beasley invented an improved version of what, which would be, in quotes, fireproof, compact, safe, and readily launched. All of that was quotes. Fireproof, compact, safe, and readily launched. Maria Beasley. Here are your choices. Roller skates, a life raft, airbag or a hot air balloon life raft got it well you did very well thank you you're welcome thank you very much last weekend kelly and i went on a transforming center retreat Uh, we have both been part of transforming communities spiritual retreats and we returned to an alumni retreat so i returned to the place in which i have referenced before of where i came really close to hearing a confession as a priest and was impersonating yeah. a priest. I know. So yeah. I returned to that scene, but I stayed very, very, very clear of that building. Good for stayed you. very clear of that part of the campus. Got nowhere near it. <laughs> but I bring this up because I want to share. I made a lot of trips to Chicago, made a lot of trips to Indianapolis, and sometimes would instead of taking my own car, we'd just rent. But anytime we fly into places, we, we rent a car. We'll, we'll have a car in Seattle. So I made an arra- we made arrangements to have a rental car when we flew into Chicago, which is the site of uh, these retreats. We have a lifetime experience of renting cars and have only had two incidences. And until this weekend, it was just one, and I thought that was kind of rare. The first incident happened back in 2016, I believe, where our family took a vacation to, for spring break to Hawaii. We were going to be much, much, much later than our original destined flight. So I had gotten in touch with the car rental agency when we finally got onto our flight and I knew what time we were coming in to communicate. Yeah, I sent them a text message. I sent them an email, said, hey, we're coming in much later. It's going to be, you know, after midnight, probably when we get to the rental agency. We got off the plane in Hawaii, standing on the curb, watch car rental bus after car rental bus after car rental bus go by. Not our car rental, but I called the service, didn't get any response, didn't get any answer. Well, the incident in that case was the car company had moved from next to the airport, near the airport, to the entire other side of the island. I I never even really tell that story because I'm like, that's rare. That's unusual. It's the only bad car rental experience. Now, after this weekend, I have to say, we've got bad luck with car rentals. We had a rental agreement with Thrifty Car Rentals at O'Hare Airport. Mm -hmm. O'Hare used to be quite a hassle to go and get a rental car. I mean, it used to take a lot of time. It was a lot of hassle. It was... Uh, you had to take transportation to get to it, but now everything's connected to the airport. You go right from the airport on a shuttle, just as you would expect to do any place. And they've got one place that has all of their car rental agencies in the same counter. You know, one long counter, yep. multiple yep. multiple car car rental agencies. So we had made a reservation with Thrifty. We go up to the counter at Thrifty, get my car, not having a really good interaction with the agent. You know, he asked a couple of questions. I denied the insurance. I denied something else. He pushed back on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, As they are trained. To yeah. Do. And he, but then when I didn't give him the answer, I wanted his tone just kind of changed. And then the next question, I didn't want to do that. I denied right. that. Right. His tone kind of changed then. And so then it, was, it began to be not exactly pleasant, not bad, nothing to complain about, but it just wasn't pleasant. 
at the end, he tells me, and Kelly's there at the counter with me. He says, okay, you're all set for your car rental. Now just go stand back there somewhere. And in 45 minutes to an hour, we'll have your car. What? <laughs> just go stand back there somewhere. Exactly. I'm thinking I'm misunderstanding. So I said, can you say that? Can you say that again? And he says, just go stand back there somewhere in 45 minutes to an hour and just go stand. I need clarification. So I said, you just want to stand back there? We have to wait on the car. Yeah, stand. And I'm looking back. I turn around and look behind me. There's no designated spot. Everybody's all mixed in together. There's a sea of people. It's five o'clock in the evening on a Friday. So Kelly and I move back and I instantly tell Kelly, I said, this is unacceptable. This is not even realistic. I've never had this experience in my entire life. I think we just cancel this car and go with someone else. Kelly says, I don't want to lose this, right. this rental. It'll be charged when you don't want to. I start looking around. And I'm like, are all of these people standing here that aren't in line waiting on cars from thrifty listener? Not put this in mind. Thrifty, thrifty car rental. Everyone is waiting 45 minutes to an hour. So oh I say, God. not going to happen because I can see in front of me where all these other cars are available and no one else is having trouble. So one, one gentleman came up and said, this is my first time since uh, the pandemic. And I know there's a shortage of cars. There's no shortage of cars. This is something else. While this is happening, a woman comes out from the thrifty car rental service and has a handwritten list of names, about eight or 10 names, and just starts screaming them. She can't really be heard. She doesn't have a strong voice anyway. There's no way to amplify it. And so she shouts in, a, in one section. She moves over to a little bit, shouts the same names, moves to another. And she's just walking through the crowd, meandering through the crowd. This happens multiple times. I go to another car rental agency, see if they've got a car, and we get a car, and we're on our way. As I'm checking out, and I'm not the only one who does that. Another gentleman was right beside me. He's finishing up as I begin my process of renting from another car company which just happened to be Payless, which is also the same company as Budget. As the other customer is walking away, the manager or another ticket agent who's sharing the counter with the person I'm speaking with says, we make things so easy here. I turn to him and I say, they don't make it easy over at Thrifty. Once again, that's Thrifty Car Rental Agency. And that's with a Y, not an I-E. T-H-R-I-F-T-Y. Colors are blue and gold. Want to avoid that. They have a real, they're having a real hard time with customer service. And so he shares with me, he says, this is every day, every week. He says they put their prices out there and they're well, well below market rate. He says they overbook. They intentionally overbook. They've got so many more customers than they do cars. Then people come up and say, I've rented an economy. And they say, well, we don't have any economies available, but we can put you in this car for this much more oh boy. money. And then if you want a faster service, you can join our blue chip service. And that's what was going on with the piece of paper. One of the persons who worked in the garage that cleaned the cars, that would move the cars, that would, he was called in to assist with crowd control because this was got, this had gotten so bad. And uh, I heard him say, uh, well, the names on the list are, they're sort of like VIPs. So we got to give them oh. preferential treatment because as she's calling these names, she's calling the same names like every five minutes. It never changes. It's like it never moves down the list. Best part of the story was there were people there who had been waiting since noon, and this was now 5.30 for a car. For a car. Well, you know, I don't like to wait for food. Right. You can imagine being uptight about waiting an hour for a car. Absolutely crazy. So that's our experience. Hopefully that won't happen in Seattle. Let's hope not. You're not renting from Thrifty, are you? I will not rent from Ever Thrifty. Again. I don't think I will Off ever rent from Thrifty again. So listeners, thank you for joining us. We're going to let you go. We want to invite you to email us 
at F-Bomb. I believe it's, it, I don't reference it enough because no one ever emails us, but I believe it's uh, F-Bombs. It's your at, show notes. F-Bombs at HartleyWright.com. Our handle is at FaithMoneyBomb. Tweet us while you still can because yeah. Twitter is going to be dissolving and we'll figure out some other Hemorrhaging social money. notes. Yeah, and if you uh, if you see us at Walmart, I ran into one of our listeners at Walmart oh, that's, last that's week. Right. Kevin Chabo. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah, don't be bashful about telling us what you think. Whether you email us or whether you tweet us, we invite you to think about your desire and what would be something you would want to name before God, a desire that he can meet for you. See you next time. Thanks again. <laughs>